Yo, it is another. We had to do that for the brand. That's I hope's brand, and James Seltzer isn't here to do the yo. It is so I am filling in for James Seltzer on the yo. It is. Uh, it's Jack Fritz here on the High Hopes podcast this week, uh, joined by Mike Angelina making his second appearance on the podcast. So am I filling in for Jack Fritz? Yeah. So you listen. If you're filling in for Jack Fritz, you got to come in with some takes. Like they, uh, we, we need you, the take factory has to get going. I mean, you have to top. You have to top. Uh, uh, Adubo Herrera is Manny Ramirez, and you have to top that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to top that. Uh, Aaron Nola is the second coming of Pedro Martinez. So, listen, you you got big shoes to fill. I'm over more there, of my a friend. take uh, shredder, yeah, than a, uh, a take. Uh, you know, hot take artist. Yeah. Well, speaking of sh- uh, of takes, we're gonna shred at the end of this podcast. We have got uh, six takes that have already been debunked in the first month of the season that uh, that have been dished out by. Callers of sports radio on Twitter, just bad takes all around. Actually, seven. We thought of a seventh. We, one. we didn't think of a seventh one. So we'll we'll get to all of that. Uh, the Phillies just got done sweeping the Giants out of town. The Giants came into town playing pretty well. They 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 hit around the Braves pitching stat, for which for some reason the Phillies could never figure out in the in the in the early goings. I guess they figured out how to get out Ryan Flaherty, so the, the, the most dangerous hitter in that in that Braves lineup. Uh, they come to town, the Giants come to town, and, and the Phillies take care of business after uh, a meltdown in D.C. on Sunday. That was a, that was a brutal loss on Sunday. And I'm, I'm super impressed for the, from the resolve for such a young team to come back from that that quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Like That's a game that you know, the old Phillies would probably lose four in a row, five in a row. It was probably nice that they played Monday night because they can just kind of get it right out of their system. They put up... Put up three runs that first inning, I think. Uh, Odubel Herrera, the season end of the day, the batting champion. Say it, uh, say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> Odubel Herrera, batting champion. Uh, you know, he's going to make a second All-Star game. But, yeah, no, it's nice. They, they put up 11 runs. Uh, how did you see the stat with the uh, the two games Jimmy Rollins attended? The uh, Philly teams won by 11. That's nah, pretty good. And yeah. also Alshon Jeffrey said that on his way down to the Sixers game, he said they were going to win by double digits. On that same night, as the Sixers won by double digits, the Phillies oh. also won by double digits. Well, these guys have won rings before. They know what they're looking at. They they, they know championship teams, and they <laughs> they see Gabe Kapler, and they see championships. <laughs> they do. Uh, but it was a it was a fun series, and it was a series that got back on track, right the ship a little bit. Uh, the pitching staff. I mean, we'll start with Zach Eflin. Uh, he went out there game one, and I tell you what, if if he's throwing ninety five to ninety six with with serious run. And and a, and a slider that he can consistently locate, he he might be a thing. Yeah. So I was kind of getting sick of hearing about Zach Eflin's knees. Like, what, what was rookie? Year? I guess it was uh, 2015. It's like, oh well, you know, he, his knees were hurt. He, he had bad knees. Then he the next year had surgery to correct it. It's like, well, you know, he's coming off uh, surgery for his knees. He needed to uh, he needed to get that taken care of. And then the third year, it's like. Well, you know, he had to re he had to get used to having brand new knees. So, like, I'm glad Zach Eflin got his knees situated. Uh, I don't know if this is still for real or not. I will say Jorge Alfaro may have gotten him at, at least four or five strikeouts with you see that beautiful framing. Oh, uh, did I see that? Presented framing. it beautifully, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah, I hope it's for real. He, he, you know, almost he had a what five or six inning perfect game last week. Uh, it's gonna be interesting when Eichoff comes back because. Uh, I don't know if you want. I don't know if you want to get into Velasquez, but you know now we're, we're looking at maybe six candidates for five spots. Yeah, we'll get to Velasquez. Uh, he had obviously had a, a, a really good start today that started off bad, and I was like, here we go, classic Velasquez. But but Eflin, 
if he's if he's ninety five to ninety six, and you, you talked about Alfaro, I mean Alfaro, that's one thing that that has been super underrated is his his defense. I mean, all yeah. we heard about was that he's not ready to play defense, <laughs> and you know he, he's a, he's a liability back there. Blocking wise, there's some little technical things, but his pitch framing is damn near one of the best in the league. He's got he's got soft hands. He gets guys strikes, and man, quiet movement, quiet movement. He has a hose. Okay, oh, he has an, he's throwing the two hardest balls at second base this this year. 89 miles an hour, yeah. which is just insane from a catcher. Uh, now, he would have a better... like His, his throwing out percentage rate isn't great, yeah. uh, but that's because he's, he's catching Arietta, who takes like four hours to get to the plate, and really, I don't think the, the Phillies pitchers have really done him uh, much service. But um, yeah, Alfaro's been great, and I think he helped out Eflin. You're, you're right about that. But again, the fastball up in the zone is really starting to help out uh, these starters just a bit. So... Eflin, really, really impressed by him. Was that the first? Was that the first Sir Anthony game? That was Monday night. Yeah, uh, he had the mop up role in the eighth inning. Yeah, because I, I don't yeah. want to go too far into this podcast before I, you know, start start getting super excited about Sir Anthony Dominguez. So Sir Anthony Dominguez is up here. He is up here. He is throwing ninety eight mile an hour per cutters with a with a hammer slider. And I think the most important thing, two most important things, Sir Anthony Dominguez is throwing strikes. Yeah. And and he doesn't seem nervous at all. He's challenging hitters. Yeah, and, and Gabe said it after game one. He was like, hey, man, are you, were you nervous at all out there? And he was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Which <laughs> well, it, you know, it was 11-0. Uh, yeah, well, listen. I, Zach Curtis came in an in a, in a 10-run <laughs> yeah. game and started walking people. You were probably the only person watching that game. At well, that I, I was so mad because I was just <laughs> wanted the game to be over, and I wanted to go into watching watching the Sixers and their series. Uh, but, sir, like... Like, what have you seen from Sir Anthony? How far in are you on Sir Anthony? And is his cutter better than Mariano Rivera's? <laughs> well, uh, last question. No, not yet. Yet. Uh, yet, yeah, right, yet. Uh, maybe he's approaching Kenley Jansen's cutter. Can we say that? Uh, Man, not, what if? No, he's got great command. He, he's. We already said he doesn't mind challenging hitters. Uh you know, remember, uh, I was reading a couple Reddit comments a couple uh, weeks ago. I remember when, uh, and actually it was, I think one of our coworkers had a uh, take on it. Remember uh, Kapler on his day off went to Reddit, or went to uh, Lehigh Valley just to watch him pitch? Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I, I assume he's going to be a keeper going forward because he, I, Kapler talked about it today on the pregame. When they look at his stuff, and obviously they only have two innings of sample work to, to look at, they think that his stuff works well, that they can get left-handed hitters out. He could be a right-hander that acts as a left-handed specialist, kind of like Tommy Hunter already does. And that's big because really you only, if you know Morgan's got a back problem, he'll be back at some point. Zach Curtis can't throw strikes. Uh, and then Hobie Milner just gets hit hit you know, hit around too much because of too many base runners. Stinks. So, yeah, so you don't really have a lot of organizational depth from the left side. And if you can, you can have these guys, you know, coming from the right side getting the lefties out, that's a huge plus for your bullpen. And like, man, those eight spots are going to be crowded once uh, everyone's healthy. Yeah. So the offense started coming alive on Monday. It was a nice bounce back performance. Uh, Carlos Santana is is really starting to get going a little bit. I think he's he's an o, OPS of over a thousand in the last week. His slugging percentage went up like almost 150 points. And his average is up to around 200 after it was, I think he began the week at 165. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He is homered in three straight. Absolutely crushed a ball today. I'm, he's, he's, I mean, 
we we've been saying on the podcast all year like he's a slow starter give him a chance his, yeah. his April last year was the same exact April as he had this year uh changing leagues I think was a way bigger deal than people made it out to, or way not a big enough deal that people made it out to be because it's a whole new league whole new book he's a guy that studies these guys right he's not a hacker that goes up there and just you know he's gonna run into hits he it seems like he comes up with a solid approach if you're learning a whole new league of pitchers absolutely yeah he's got a plan up there and you know this is the guy if we get if we get him going to go along with a double uh Cesar Michael is just like Michael Island it, it, can't you just <laughs> feel Michael Island starting to fill up it's it's it was started by us we were one of the we were one of the first three me you and Julio yeah, yeah. the last the last incumbents on the top of the palm tree surrounded by water <laughs> of Michael Island and now listen it's a, it might be a safe haven for people yeah, but do we want them there? I don't yeah, know. With frauds. James yeah. Seltzer. <laughs> Total fraud. Yeah. Just uh, but yeah, it is Michael Highland. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, it's just it's a stacked lineup depth-wise. Uh, and, and, you know, we can add one more name that Alfaro's starting to really hit well. Yeah, he's he, it's still like when he, whenever he faces anyone throwing... 95 plus. I just don't think he has a chance. I don't it's the weird it's a weird thing with him. I think he's now only he he was first for a while now. He's second in in baseball in swing percentage behind uh Javi Baez. And which makes sense if you watch Javi Baez. Um I don't but yeah, it's just another it's another threat in the, in the lineup. It's just they they can just stack the top of the order. Uh I'm not saying they're the Astros, but they can just in that kind of you know lineup style just stack 1 through 4, 1 through 5 and just, you know, go get them and uh Put up big innings, and you know, I guess that was a theme of the series. All four games pretty much had big innings in them. They did, and it happened again today. They they hung a four spot on the Giants, uh, and you know, the only guy that's really been struggling recently it has well, two guys and two of the two cult heroes of this Phillies team, uh, Kingery and Hoskins. <laughs> like once once they get, like, I don't think I'm not worried about Hoskins. Hoskins will be fine. Hoskins is one of those guys that I mean, it's just baseball. I mean, Carlos Santana had a whole month where he batted. 150 something and and now Hoskins is I think it's batting 180 in the last yeah. you know week or whatever. He's still got an on base percentage of like 420. Like he's 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 fine. Yeah, and really it's just small mechanical things with him. He's wrapping his bat. He's usually when when a ball's in the outside corner, he's really good just sticking the bat out and letting it go the other way. Right now he's trying to hook that ball down the left field line. He's guessed a lot of pitches wrong. That that'll even itself out. Right. I mean, the same the same way that we were preaching with Carlos Santana was Water always finds its level, yeah, and that's the same thing that's going to happen with with Reese. But it really feels like with the weather turning around, all these games at home, the the offense is, is starting to turn into the the dangerous the dangerous threat that we thought coming into the season. With I mean, Cesar rolls out of bed and gets on base twice. A double's in first place for the batting title. Yeah, what's Cesar like nineteen? What? Well, he rolls out of bed. Yeah, yeah, he rolls out of bed. <laughs> He's nineteen, gets a double double, <laughs> yeah. walks twice, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, and, and right now the lineup is definitely one to be feared with, especially with a guy like Carlos Santana. Uh, and really, I mean, add, add Aaron Altair in there. Uh, he obviously didn't have a hit today, but he walked walked a couple times. Just it's it's a really tough lineup, one through eight. And I know Alfaro striking a lot, out a lot, but he also hit a 450 foot yeah bomb that was off like a slider down and in. So he's once you get him going a little bit, it's right now. I mean, one through six, it's a it's a really formidable, fun lineup. To go along with the pitching staff that is that is seems like it's competing against each other right now with with Eikhoff coming back, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I guess the it's really three guys really. I would say uh, Eflin, Eikhoff, Velasquez. Uh, it's weird too because Clentac assured a couple of weeks ago that Eikhoff would have his job back. Uh, you know, he's 
basically been in the rotation since August of 2015, uh, aside from this injury. And, you know, he's, he hasn't been in the minors since, you know, really when he first came over in the Texas deal. Uh, but then a couple weeks later, in fact, it, or it may have been Tuesday, Kapler said, in light of the, the tremendous Eflin start, that uh, his spot isn't assured. So kind of creating an internal competition, I guess, there. Um, yeah, the top three guys is Nola, Nola, Arietta, and then obviously a tier below them, but still he's a secure spot. Nick Pavetta, you know, really uh, more often than not, it, well, especially those two guys, but then Pavetta, more often than not, you're getting quality starts, and then, you know, you're not, they only had like really one losing streak this season. Yeah, and I think I think the competition is something that Gabe Kapler wants. I don't think he likes just handing over positions to guys. Like we no. saw that with a double on opening day, you know, that, Ever since he's benched him on opening day, he's been unbelievable. I'm not going to say that's the reason why, but... Ever since he's benched, he's hitting like 350. Well, yeah. I mean, since the beginning of the year, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Gabe is is not about just giving positions or giving uh, giving these guys positions just because on merit, basically. So and, and maybe that's what's going on with this pitching rotation right now. I mean, we saw it with, with Vince Velasquez today. I mean, Vince Velasquez had a, had a classic Vince Velasquez start where his fastball's all over the place and he's getting rocked. And his, his first pitch was hit into this into the the, the heart of right field. Right. Uh, and then he came back and he struck out what twelve today. Yeah. It was, after he gave up the home run to Hanson, he, he basically it's almost like he just said like, all right, enough of this. I gotta you know bear down and put together a, a good quality start from here. And, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, kept him in the game, and then eventually we are talking about the beginning, and then next thing you know, you look up, and Vince Velasquez is a uh, W in the box score. Vincey. Vince Velasquez. I, I still don't, <laughs> I don't trust him. I don't I don't know what he could do. I mean, the fastball is good today. It seems like he had, he had good spin on his slider slash curveball. I, 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 I'm not buying it yet. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't get there. And, you know, going back to the competition, in years past when – the takes would come out. You, you got to put Velasquez in the bullpen. Then the next, you know, the follow-up question would be, okay, who do you want to replace him with? And then there would just be, like, silence. Like, what, are you going to put Ben Lively in there? You know, in, in the previous years where they didn't really have any organizational depth. What, are you going to sign Kevin Correa again or, like, one of the Jerome Williams? No. Uh, now there's actually there's an answer or there's at least a consideration to who you replace him with. Uh, you know, some guys down on the farm, and you know, Eflin. I'm not sure about li- they're they're going to send Lively back to just you know keep pitching every fifth day down there. I'm not really sure how much better he can be, but you know, yeah, I'm good. Is- I'm 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 good on leaving him <laughs> down there. Yeah, yeah. Let him just play in AAA, whatever. He's a four A player. He's not going to be anything in the major leagues. I just I don't I fundamentally don't believe Ben. Yeah, Lively. one of the first things you hear about Lively when he's discussed is he's got a great makeup. Yeah, and that's yeah. I'm not really interested in that. He's a real bulldog out there. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Uh, it was a bit of a frustrating Pavetta start this week. I know he pitched five innings and allowed no runs and whatever, but the underlying like. When I watched it, it didn't seem like five innings, no runs, seven Ks. He worked a lot, yeah. He worked a lot. His first inning was frustrating. Uh, I don't know why it, it took him an inning to get into a into pitching with conviction. Like his first inning, he went out there and he was trying to aim. And, and he was nibbling on the outside, yeah. That, that's led those long at-bats, long counts. And what, what Pavetta has been so good at this year and what has separated him from Vince Velasquez mostly is the fact that he'll just go at guys and, and throw his fastball and make them beat him. And if the K's come, the K's come, rather than trying to nibble around the corners and then whatever, go from there. Be too fine, yeah. Yeah. And I, 
the numbers were great. The no runs, fine. But it wasn't as good as the numbers would suggest. No, and then once the Phillies, you know, put up that big inning in, uh, whatever, it was the fourth or fifth inning, uh, you know, that was kind of, the Giants checked out. The Giants actually checked out a lot of, a lot of times in this series. Yeah, they were done. Uh, yeah, they, I, I don't know how many strikeouts had that series. It was well over 50. Um, yeah, no, you're right. That's that wasn't one of uh, Pavetta's finer starts. But Tuesday night, and before we move on, we got to talk about talk about Aaron, because Aaron Nola is just it, it's becoming it's becoming must see TV watching watching Aaron Nola pitch. Aaron Nola is is has a two the two one five ERA this year. He is striking out. He struck out seven, I think, on Tuesday night. No, he struck out a dozen. Struck out a dozen? Yeah, career high. I'm gonna have to cut that part. That was, that was dumb. That was dumb on my part. I was at dinner though, so I was at dinner. I wasn't fully watching. I did go back and rewatch, but he was just—he's—he's he's now striking out guys to go along with his his ERA and producing really weak contact. Like, I don't know how I don't know how major league teams can go into a, a start against Aaron Nola and feel good. Like he's just right now it's 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 96 with movement, but he's also throwing a change up whenever he wants, which yeah. is which is different. And he still has one of the best curveballs in the entire game. Right. I, I don't know how you beat him. No, actually, it's funny. There's um, there's a series last year back when the Marlins were trying to be a major league baseball team, and they, they had the the outfield of all stars, um, Stan Ozuna, Yelich. They faced Nola. Nola completely completely shut them down. Phillies won easily. He, then the next day, Mattingly benched all three outfielders and uh, really sad message. Yeah, well, then uh, the Phillies apparently around the batting cages were like teasing them, like, "What are you guys tired already?" And they're like, "Well, no, Nola got us benched because we we look like we look like garbage against them." Uh, yeah, no, t- teams do not want to face Nola. The hitters do not want to get in that box against Nola. And you're starting to see, just starting to see people around the league kind of recognize him, uh, recognize that he's, he's one of the 10 best pitchers in the National League. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's easy to say that. It's not even, it's not even a take. No, you don't need to, like, you don't have to rank it that hard to realize, like, yeah, you're not squeezing him in there. And, he, and he's, he, he's another guy, just like Cesar, <laughs> where he's rolling out of bed. And he's, it's seven innings, less than two runs. And now the K's are coming along with that. Aaron Nola, he's got to be, he's like right now, if we, if, if the all-star break was now, who are the Phillies all-stars? Him and Herrera? Is that it? Does Cesar get in there? Um, Daniel Murphy being hurt helps. No more D Gordon. He might. Yeah. I, I, well, no Drupal other... Cabrera has been unbelievable. Yeah. I guess he's a second baseman now. DJ yeah. LeMahieu. Uh, that's. Might be it. Panic's been hurt. Panic got off to a really hot start, but then he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cesar. I, I don't know what position Baez is. I guess he's more he's second baseman. He's technically second baseman, I think. Yeah. Uh, let's see what Fangrass has. Nope, that's the wrong thing to click on. Uh, I don't know. I think I think right now, right now, I think Nola is uh, is a shoe in, and then Nolan Herrera locks. Like, yeah. There's 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 no there's no doubt about it. And then maybe Cesar. Gets in there as well. Let's see what Fangraphs has as a second base. So, um, yeah, it has Javi Baez as a second baseman as Drupal. And then, oh, Ozzy Albies, of course. Oh, yeah. So it'll be Albies. So it's between Cesar, Albies, and as and Baez. Yeah. Can, can and, you really see as Cabrera being an all star? I don't know. It feels like Cesar is still underrated by every single person in baseball. No, he yeah, he absolutely is because I don't know. He just doesn't stand out, but he. Uh, I think the only leadoff hitter in the National League with a better on-base percentage is David Peralta. So you're talking about 
top two leadoff hitter in the league. Yeah, and playing really really good defense. Uh, yeah, I I would say he's he's probably on the outside looking in of being an all star, but. But Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola is a 100% All Star, absolutely, and, and so is a Double, yeah. Which you know, it makes me smile a little bit. Yeah, you know, Double's third full year. Well, I guess he was a full year, and he was a Rule Five guy, but third full year as an everyday player, and he'll have two All Stars to his name in, in three years of everyday playing. Get rid of that guy. Not a winning player. Just Jack. you just can't win with that guy. Uh, the the Double every single day is is like it's not even really an argument anymore. Like you can't even have the Double sucks argument, or like you can't win with that guy argument well it turns into you know well look uh he didn't run out of ground ball with two outs in the eighth inning losing eight to one which by the way i next time i hear that argument i want i don't know if i'm sure they don't exist but i would love to hear stats what happens more frequently the second baseman boots that ball and herrera beats it out and the team comes back to win eight to one or you know he blows out a hamstring or a groin I would think the injuries more happens more frequently. Yeah, I would think so as well. I would think so as well. The, the argument is is becoming more and more dead every single day. He is right now. He would win the batting title. Adul Herrera might mess around and win the batting title. Like that is just that is poetic justice, and I, I am fully fully rooting for it. I can't I can't wait to the end of the season and see where he ends up. Now he's been traditionally streaky, so he could have a month where he. But he's been streaky for a calendar year now. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but. You know, I just want to see. I want to see it continue. I'm. I'm. I obviously have him a little bit worried about him swooning like he did what last May. Or yeah, was, it was just May. It was a bad May. Uh, but other than that, he's been fine. And I, and I really think most credit goes to Gabe Kapler. I think from day one he went down to Dominican. He had a lunch. He had a lunch with him. And I think from day one he saw the talent this guy has, and he wanted to get everything he could out of Abdul Herrera. And so far, so good in that category. Yeah, and actually, it's. It gets more evident by the day. He might have like the best hand-eye coordination. Well, I mean, his swing is so ridiculous. It's like, right. He just, yeah, there he just throws his bat at the ball. Like he he had a he had one today where like his foot was hovering over home plate. He was so off balance, it wasn't even in the batter's box, and he just whacked whacked the ball down the uh, right field line for a double hustle double. By the way, hustle double <laughs> hustle double. Love those. Uh, so before oh, bef- wait, real, oh Go ahead. speaking of his hustle, you see he he hustled for absolutely no reason today. There was a man on first, uh, maybe an Altair with, or no, Cesar, with one out, dropped third strike, and Herrera sprinted his ass off down the line anyway, even though that's, there's no point to it. You, you can't, you know, you can't take first when it's occupied on drop third strike with less than two outs. But that's the kind of player Dubal Herrera is. He's a winning player. He, he hustles anyway. <laughs> or he just didn't understand the rule. It's and probably that, that but, he, but he hustled, nonetheless. Yeah, but he hustled. We'll go, we'll go with your first one. We'll go with that one. I'm just saying he hustled. Uh, so before we get to the Mets series, uh, I just want to drop this little nugget in there. This is very much uh, uh, our brand. Eniel De Los Santos. <laughs> this is our brand, all right. <laughs> Eniel De Los Santos, who the Phillies got for the absolute scrub that is Freddie Galvis, uh, pitched this week against the, the Paul, Tuckett Red so- Paul Tuckett Red Sox. Seven innings. Six Ks, two walks, and according to Tom McCarthy's son, Pat McCarthy, no one knows how to hit this guy. For for Freddie Galvis, his season ERA is down to .84. If any of the guys in the major leagues start to start to stumble a little bit, Enyel will be up here, all for a bona fide scrub named Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis, who's slugging two seventy nine on the year. How is that possible? Sure. He, is he the worst offensive player in the sport? 
he's probably the yeah he's probably the worst one with the guaranteed everyday job. Yeah, um, yeah. After it's after then you're just looking at like prospects who are just trying to stick. Uh, yeah, like like remember this was actually argued like in this in, this is uh, I guess early December, mid December. This this trade was actually argued. I do, <laughs> I do. He's he's a winning player. Freddie Galvis is a Freddie. Let me tell you, Freddie hates to lose. <laughs> Freddie hates to lose. He prefers to win more than losing. And, like, I don't know. How many guys in baseball can you say would rather win than lose? Just like Freddie Galvis would rather <laughs> win the game than lose. He hates losing. Freddie Galvis, the owner of owner of a 279 slugging percentage. Slugging percentage. His OPS is in, like, the 500s, which is... <laughs> which is <laughs> Order what uh, Velasquez slugging percentage is. Velasquez is a better hitter. I, I would... Yeah. yeah. If, I need, if I need one hit, I'm putting up Vince Velasquez. And the, the, the <laughs> argument with Freddie would always be, because, you know, his, his on base and his batting average would be so god-awful, would be, well, he'll pop a home run every now and then. Well, his <laughs> slugging percentage is 279. I don't think he's popping many extra base hits there. Uh, Freddie. 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 The, I, I don't know, man. Like, he... The, they were the worst takes. Surrounding Freddie. Well, we're gonna get into takes later, but another nugget uh, of the fourteenth qual fourteen qualified shortstops in the National League, Fangraphs has him ranked as the thirteenth best defensive shortstop. I don't trust defensive metrics, but he's okay. not top. Five. Like I think there's something to being in the bottom half. Okay, but he's. I don't trust defensive metrics. Like I know he's a good defensive shortstop, but he doesn't I, have range. He, does, he doesn't position himself in the hole sometimes. Yeah, he's. But I'm just saying, like if that's you know all these things that people. Try and make stick as to why Freddie Galvis should be a, a winning player. They're you know not really not much merit to them. Yeah, well uh, we got more we got more bad takes that we want to get into because well, we're a month into the season. We had the bad opening day. All the takes became unleashed after the first weekend, and we're just gonna break them down, see how they're going so far. A month into the season, as the <laughs> Phillies are twenty two and seventeen. No. Uh, twenty two and fifteen. Twenty two and fifteen. Yeah. Look at that. 15. Seven games over 500. And playing really, really well at home. Uh, speaking of playing at home, the New York, the New York Mets, who, uh, you know, got off to a really hot start. Everyone's like, oh, the Mets are back. They added Todd Frazier. They, they, have, they have Adrian Gonzalez. They brought in a bunch of uh, veteran players to combine with their young staff. Uh, Matt Harvey's looking <laughs> looking like he's on the comeback trail. Uh, well, that's gone completely south. That listed five innings. Yeah, it was it was bad. So the Mets are coming into town. They're stumbling into town, coming off a, a series in, in Cincinnati where they batted out of order. Which, of course, batting out of order is worse than not having a a a, a reliever warmed up. Did you see who handed the lineup card over? It was Ruben Amaro. I mean, Ruben just stays Ruben. I, I respect it. He doesn't he doesn't care. Um, Mets coming into town, stumbling a little bit, but they have three of their horses on the mound. I guess I don't know. Is, is Matt's really a horse? He was He's fine. Build as one. He, he he had a good. I don't know. I I jury style. I guess. Tomorrow night, Friday night, we have Arietta versus Stephen Matz, which will be a, another fun matchup. Arietta has has really been in a lot of fun pitching matchups this year with with Scherzer and with Cranky and now Matz. Um, I was impressed with his last start. It was fine when they pulled him. Like it was just it was the right decision at the time. Nick they got a run out of it. Yeah. yeah, Nick Williams has proven to be a really good pinch hitter because relievers just come in throwing fastballs and that's all he can hit. Yeah. Um Arietta had a really good start last week against the Nationals. I hope we can build off that. 
his fastball location was really good. His his off speed looked like it was coming back to form a little bit. Hopefully, he can build build off that against Mats. And then we got Syndergaard versus Eflin, our horse, matching <laughs> matching up against Syndergaard, who like he he should like he should be a Hall of Famer one day. With the, with the stuff, talent, with yeah. the stuff he has. I mean, every time he pitches, it's like a, I see a gif of a ninety-one mile an hour changeup. That's just like, how is that physically possible? Right. Uh, and then the big matchup: Aaron Nola versus Jacob Degrom Sunday afternoon. Listen, I need at least I need at least twenty-five thousand people at that game. Yeah, I, the tenants I think has actually been pretty disappointing. Like there was a uh, couple weeks ago, it was because I know. Dollar Dog Night's a big draw. It was that, and it was Grinky Arietta. And the Sixers were off, so it's not like there was a Sixers conflict. And uh just didn't draw. Um, yeah, you know, I, like, it's Sunday afternoons, good day. You know, I guess it's Mother's Day, that giveaway. I I would be surprised if they don't get 25. I need 25. Show some support, show, show some, some support for your... Like, for no, your... like just Nola should make... Nola enough should be enough reason to go to the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come out, come out, watch DeGrom versus Nola. Uh, fun matchups this weekend, all around. Uh, and you know, let's 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 beat the Mets. Well, they're, they're seven and thirteen. The NL East, the Phillies are, uh, which is fifteen and two against the not anyone not in the NL East. Which is that's that kind of seems like. Well, what about teams not named the Braves? <laughs> yeah, well, the Mets swept them earlier too. Right. So uh, yeah, it's been a tough start. Yeah, that was also but, the first weekend. Yeah, well, let's you know let's. Got to be better than seven and thirteen year in division. Uh, you know, let's let's start digging into that this weekend. Yeah, and and the Mets, there's there's nothing much there. Let's get back on track. Keep this hot streak going. The offense is going to be nice weather this weekend. Um, but before we get out of here, listen, we got a we got some takes that we got to debunk here. What what should what, what should we start with over here? Well, we we touched on Herrera, right? It, it, the Odubel Herrera is not a winning player. Uh, if the season ends today, yeah, he's more winning to, the batting the, title. And I guess we didn't touch on his... He's got a good shot to win. Uh, AJ Pollock always gets hurt, so maybe there's, once he gets hurt again, Herrera can uh, win his first gold glove. That would, that would send some shockwaves to, to to some people who say that he just takes bad routes to balls. Yeah, well, and he would join um, fellow, uh, fellow talented former Phillies, Bobby Bray and Jimmy Rollins, really... Uh, Talented fielders who won gold gloves and made all-star appearances, but uh, people would nitpick on when they chose to hustle arbitrarily. Uh, you know, he, he, Herrera fits in that category just because it, you know it's it's a category of uh, people older men don't choose to uh, pretend are not good at baseball. So yeah, we, Herrera is a winning player. Abs- like like it, we, there's nothing more to say. Like if you're we not you're sitting, you're sitting in denial at this point if you don't think so. Um. This one, this one got a lot of traction. In spring training, there was even uh, some people uh, that tried to bring like an ethical side of uh, into this argument that Scott Kingery should be rushed to the majors. Yeah, uh, and not only should he, not only was that take wrong. Once he arrived at the majors, they should have benched either Franco or Cesar Hernandez. Which I have to say, Kapler was a little guilty of uh, following that that rhetoric uh, early on. You know the Crawford injury has kind of, uh, you know, been a remedy for that situation. But yeah, still Scott Kingery, him being rushed up here to hit two ten, whatever he's hitting with a cape with a, at least two Ks a game. It feels like at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not thrilled about his arm at third anyway. Uh, 
Look, Franco's hitting over 280. Uh, slugging, I think, well over 500. He entered in today, Michael Franco, our Michael Franco, right. entered today betting 292. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, I think he's led the team in home runs the last two years, right? Well, he's, he's So far, he has seven. And he's definitely he's leading, leading in RBIs again. this so year. So we're looking at maybe his third straight year leading the team in home runs. Well, but, at least it's coupled with a high average this year. Right. Like last year, it was like two, yeah, yeah. 220. Yeah, last year, I think he went nuts the last week of the series, too, which is yeah, kind yeah. of funny. Um, no, but yeah, like, at this point, Kingery, Kingery when, when Crawford comes back, where's he going to play? He can't play over Cesar. He can't Lehigh play Valley. over Franco. You're not going to send him down. They're not going to send him down. Florman's playing well, too. Florman could, you know, Florman could be your first guy off the bench. Listen, Kingery's going to be fine. But the the overreaction. Oh, yeah. He's going to be fine. I, just, I didn't get why he needed to be rushed here. The overreaction to his spring training, which again never overreact to spring training, was was insane. It was two years in a row, really. Two years in a row. He's going to be fine. He's got to work on some things. He's not perfect. He always had a high K rate in the minor leagues. Whether people wanted to admit that or not is on them. Uh, but yeah, no, the the he can't right now. You're not benching Cesar or Franco to put Kingery in the lineup. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, so that was take number two. <laughs> take number three, we can actually assign a name to this one. This wasn't just like a, wasn't just like anonymous, like you know, fools on Twitter or whatever. Uh, former manager Pete McCannon claimed that Aaron Nola is not an ace. He views him as a solid number three. And if you're wondering the timing of when he said this, he didn't say it like right when Nola was drafted. He didn't, and he didn't have a chance to see him. He didn't say it in his rookie year. He said it when he had that tremendous streak uh, after the All-Star break last year in like late August. He said Aaron Nola, he looks at him and he looks like a bona fide solid number three. Pete Oof. McCannon is a glorified a-hole. Like I I I he, he He's is, like a smiling a-hole. He's just terrible. He was a terrible manager. Yeah. He batted Freddie Galvis in the two hole, which <laughs> every single game just I wanted to blow my brains out when I saw the lineup. He said to Michael Franco, he's got to talk to me because I'm not going to him, which is just great. Really good stuff. Flies in the face of constant communication. Uh, Pete McCannon was an absolute cancer for this team, and that's the one thing that I'll side with with, uh, Pat Neshek on, even though Pat Neshek is now done for at least 30 more days with it, which which is it's not saying it's about time, but like with that kind of arm angle and how old he is, (laughs) I feel like he's never really been hurt. Like that... I think it was a bad move by Klintak, that contract. Yeah, it was It was the more like, he wants to come back here? Cool, we'll sign him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was an all-star last year. We'll see. I mean... Pitches I, his own convenience. Right, yeah. Doesn't take the ball when you ask him to. <laughs> yeah. Great, dude. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> what's the next take? Uh, well, we already touched on Freddie, so that was one of them. Freddie Galvis being a winning player. Somebody here uh, said, quote, Freddie Galvis can hit zero and be my everyday <laughs> shortstop. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Listen, uh, no. Freddie Galvis probably won't be a everyday shortstop come August. That's fair to say, right? Maybe even earlier. When they bring up Fernando Tatis Jr.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's and then, uh, he's a like, transition shortstop. They gave up a legit prospect for a transition shortstop. <laughs> right. Like, that is... That, look at the Padres rotation. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's mismanagement. That's, mal, that's, that's malpractice. What's that guy's name? A.J. Preller? Yeah, yeah, Preller. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a weird one. Uh, it seems if gel really with like an older crowd it's we need to end the reese hoskins quote experiment in left field so no one it seems like we were among very few people that watched in august of last year the reese hoskins left field experiment 
It's over. It took place in August last year. Yep. I think he turned a triple play his first or second week in the big leagues out there. Didn't embarrass himself. Uh, you know, listen, he's not going to be, you know, uh, peak Barry Bonds out there and win how many ever gold gloves he won, uh, much less one. But, uh, look, he doesn't embarrass himself. He's fine. He gets the balls he should. I think he's a little better than Pat Burrell. Pat Burrell was a World Series left fielder, I guess, for two teams. He's fine. Like it's not an experiment. And then it's kind of like two or threefold to this. People get mad because it moves Nick Williams and his two eighty four slugging percentage, two ninety three on base percentage to the bench. Uh, I'm fine with that. Like you said, he's actually been a, a he's been a more than capable pinch hitter. Yes. And then it comes with. I think people just didn't. They, they see the name Carlos Santana and they think of the, the guitar player, and not uh the you know the bona fide middle of the order hitter uh yeah it's just like i'm just sick like it, it, it was an experiment at all the season it was you know just kind of his position he's a left fielder it's fun, like and then it lets all terror play like the alignment's fine the team's fine it, the lineup's fine everything is in the place that it should be but why it was it was always the why would you why would you sign carlos santana and take hoskins out of his natural position and also take nick williams out of the lineup right like at, at its peak the Phillies are are better with Carlos Santana at first base, who has played a really good first base. Yeah, like yeah a re- play made today. Yeah, a ridiculous play. Uh, a really good first base. Now he's starting to hit to add to his defensive prowess. Uh, Hoskins is more than fine in left field. Like he's fine. If Pat Burrell can win, <laughs> win it out there, and Kyle Schwarber can play in the outfield, yeah. Kyle Schwarber isn't terrible. So uh, yeah, Schwarber and Burrell have combined three rings. Sure, that's <laughs> left fielders. I mean, Schwarber missed the whole year, but yeah. He came back for the World Series. Um, but, yeah, no, it was always ridiculous. And, honestly, like, to, to get Nick Williams in the lineup, I think I'm okay. I'll be okay if Nick Williams doesn't play every day. I don't think he's an everyday major league player just because of you know his swing I don't like at all. Doesn't get on base, strikes out a lot. Uh, and when pitchers have a game plan for him, no. You're not, Nick Williams is just bad. Is it because he was traded for Hamels people want to have him forced in? I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's, Nick Williams is very much in the Rashawn Holmes camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good comp. Where yeah. it's like, Rashawn Holmes, he dunks and he blocks shots. Nah, he's also like a, a horrible defensive player, and you can't win with him at the center. Uh, Nick Williams is kind of in that same mold. So, yeah, that take was always so weird. I was like, why did you sign this? Because the, the Phillies lineup with a good Carlos Santana is is really, really deep and tough to get out when it's yeah. Carlos Santana, Hoskins, and Altair, mostly. Like, that's a hard that's a hard three, rather than Nick Williams being out there. Do we have any more? Uh, and then Gabe Kapler. Gabe Kapler. Listen, first weekend of the year, this guy's a dunce. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now, this, this is perfect timing because when the Phillies went to New York last time, it was it was right off of the, <laughs> the Hobie Milner breakdown. And at that point, Mickey Calloway was uh, God's <laughs> second coming of Christ to the manager position, yeah. who now did something that I had never seen in baseball, at least in the Little League I saw it, not in the major leagues. Little uh, League, sometimes people would do it on purpose to, <laughs> to get, sneak it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now the the Mets are just reeling. Mickey Calloway didn't uh, didn't want to double switch one time because it just seemed too hard to figure out. Uh, now Gabe Kapler loves the double switch. I think he loves the double switch a little bit too much. But um, but yeah, those, those shifts, those those takes have seemed to do a complete one eighty. Gabe Kapler is perfectly fine as a manager. I think he's done mostly good things. Mickey yeah, Calloway's on the hot seat. <laughs> Get him out of town? Oh, oh should we start Brad Stevens ask. <laughs> yeah, but... I well, mean, actually, you got to do it with a good... Well, Brad good Stevens is good. We yeah, don't know if Mickey Calloway yeah, is yeah. any good. Um, no, like, like, 
early in the season, some of the shifts were were um, not working their advantage. Now I think more often than not, the shifts are, that you look at the outfielders, they're exactly where they, they should be. Um, and, and I don't know what. So I was listening to Tory Hunter talk, and apparently, like he was saying, even uh, when he was playing under Tommy Kelly, which was, uh, I guess that's late '90s, early 2000, 2000s. So we're talking about like almost twenty years ago. He had uh, Hunter keep a card in his pocket on where to shift. This isn't a new thing, but you know, it, it was for. Well, he's reinventing was, baseball. He's reinventing baseball by doing something that you know people have been doing for. And also, decades. it's practical. Like, right. You're telling me looking at a freaking card is easier than looking at a sign from, a, from <laughs> 300 100, feet away? Yeah. Like, 200 feet away? <laughs> like, what is so hard about that? No, it's it's ridiculous. And yeah, and more often than not, they're in the right spot. Like, uh, the, the game in Tampa Bay where they win because Altair was in a spot where 90, whatever amount. Of, 94%, I think they fall. Was, yeah, 94% of the time, that's a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, more. And Odu, like, how many times is Odubel's Gold Glove campaign, campaign is actually aided by this? Because. He's oftentimes in a, a good starting spot to, to run balls down. Yeah. So uh, that's going to do it for the High Hopes Podcast. Shout out to Mike Angelina for joining me. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was the High Hopes Podcast. Um, the Phillies offense is, is is really, really fun to watch right now. They're clicking. Uh, listen, I love looking at CVP in the summer. Like uh, Now that it's summertime, the weather's nice. Yeah. It's a nice little... Listen, a, a good sunset at CVP, it just makes my heart feel warm. Yeah, they've, they've had a couple... Uh, for the Saturday games, we've had a couple four oh five and six oh five games so far. I don't know how many more they have coming up, but I I like that. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little changeup. Yeah. Uh, the Phils are playing good ball. The staff they're all they're all firing. They're all competing. Aaron Nola is is our baby. He is also Pedro Martinez reincarnated. We'll we'll save that take for another time. <laughs> but uh, we'll be back on Sunday with a new pod. And uh, and go Phils. Let's get let's let's take back that that first series sweep against the Mets. Let's let's change that change that narrative and get Mickey Callaway out.